Hi, this is A Bevy of Bloods with Chris. And Noddy. And you're listening to A Yank on the Footy. That one, year number four. It's A Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 233 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out this episode. This is the ninth, I think I miscounted on an earlier one, uh, episode in my previews for 2023. And in just a moment, I am going to be joined by Chris and Nadi from A Bevy of Bloods podcast, and we are going to be previewing the Sydney Swans for 2023. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening for a while or if you're new, uh, if you're interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you drop me a note via email or on Instant Messenger or any of my socials. You can find all my socials on my website uh, down at the bottom of the front page there, ayankonthefooty.com. My email address is ayankonthefooty.gmail.com. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, I think that's it. And uh, I love being able to highlight these clubs. I love being able to learn about the locations of them when it comes to the rest of the country and the relationships that the communities have with, uh, with their local clubs. Now, today's club of the episode, and this was recommended to me by the gentleman on this episode, are the Glebe Greyhounds. Now, this is kind of a unique story because the Greyhounds were founded in 1980 by two 18-year-old athletes, Simon Kelly and John Muggeridge, who are, you know, it's about the time I was 18 as well, give or t- yeah, give or take. Uh, and they saw the need to provide an alternative uh, sport to the local youth uh, in their area, up in the Sydney area. And uh, the fact that you had two teenagers that got this thing up and running, I think, is extraordinarily impressive. Now, the club has teams from Auskick up through the under-17s, along with youth girls uh, teams to help bring more exposure to the game because, as, as you know... Footy is still making their inroads uh, in this part of Australia some success, but still, you know, there's uh, there are other comps that they're competing with as well on a, on a much broader scale. Now, the, the teams, they do play their home games at the Jubilee Oval. Now, according to their Facebook page, as I was reading through that this morning, uh, they had an awesome, awesome club cleanup day just yesterday, getting their facilities up and running, and that's going to allow them to get their training kicked off uh, beginning on the 7th of March. Now, I did notice that in 2022, three of their clubs uh, for the Greyhounds did win their premiership. So here's hoping that the Greyhounds have an absolutely banner year in 2023 and going forward. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Chris and Nadi from Bevy of Bloods. And we're going to talk all things Sydney Swans. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another preview episode. And we are going to be previewing the Sydney Swans for 2023 with... Chris and Nadi from A Bevy of Bloods. And gentlemen, thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. Thanks for having us on, mate. Absolutely. Thanks, Craig. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. My pleasure. I, I appreciate you getting up and, uh, you know, coordinating between, you know, three different people in a couple different spots there. So this is absolutely wonderful. So, you know, we're going to be talking about your beloved swans and the season didn't end the way that you wanted it to end. And I'm not going any deeper than that, but other than to say that 16, <laughs> 16 other clubs would probably have not minded trading places with you. So that's... Yeah, we can't, we can't really complain a whole lot. Um, we, 
we actually took a bit of time off between the uh, grand final and the season uh, review. Um, we all needed a few a few weeks off to just consider what happened. And um, from the, just the, I don't know, Noddy, how would you describe it? That freight train energy that kind of fed itself into the finals, that prelim win against uh, the Pies that got us by one point, that if the game had gone on another 25 seconds, we might have lost it. All the way into the grand final, all these young kids just absolutely screaming through. We're so excited about it. And I, we started bargaining with ourselves pretty early on, to be honest with you. Like, we were at the pub beforehand. And I think what we said, not even, I think we said, like, anything under 40 points, you know, as long as they're competitive, they're putting it up to the Cats, we'll be happy with that. Um, 40 points in the first quarter. And we were, look, yeah, we were pretty, pretty dusted from there. So it took a while. And, but in all in all, as you suggested, uh, we were one of the only two teams to go all the way. Um, and you can't really complain about the direction of the club. So pretty no, happy. Not with at the all. Not at all. A lot of big feelings. I've got a toddler who's uh, going through the same thing. Just that's that's his life. But yeah, I think the end of the season, well, for the whole season for 2022 for Swans fans, there was a lot of big feelings. You know, kicking off with Buddy's 1,000th, really, and then um, all the different milestones along the way, and then yeah, making it to the big dance, but not quite getting it done in the first and third quarters. So I've I've punished myself and and watched that uh, the replay of the grand final probably three or four times. I might be a handful of Swan supporters who's actually done that, but yeah, it was just a it was just a really bad first and third quarter, really. But um, you know, you can't let it get away with such an experienced team like like the Cats, and you know they they had storylines everywhere themselves, and they were very deserved champions in the end. So yeah, we um, a lot of big feelings at the time. Um, it's all sort of calmed down. We've processed it emotionally and and gone through it, and I think we're really. I think the biggest thing is we didn't expect that. And we got there maybe a little ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a little bit yeah, d- um, disappointing. We couldn't make more of an effort. But, yeah, I think on the whole, um, I think we were extremely pleased with the season. And we've got a lot to look forward to in 2023. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you worry about a grand final hangover with this, with this club? No. I, I mean, I can, there's two ways of looking at this. There's probably an emotional way of looking at it and then a statistical way. Mm-hmm. Um, from a statistical way, we did a bit of analysis during our, our review or preview, Nadia. I can't quite remember. Uh, I think it was in the review of the grand final. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We did a yeah. grand final review and then also a season review. So in the grand final review in particular, we actually did a bit of a breakdown of um, teams that have won by a significant amounts or any amount for that matter and is there a correlation between that and your positioning in the latter the following year mm-hmm. um, and we really found no correlation there was okay. a minor correlation um, between you know, you know winning a grand final and still being somewhat competitive but if you are in the grand final it's relatively always going to be competitive the following year um, so there really isn't anything there so that statistically I'm putting to bed and saying there's not a whole lot there Emotionally, though, it is something that worries you. Uh, it is something that you consider that a lot of young players got to the show so quickly, um, maybe um, heartbroken a bit. But we're getting words in from every angle that um, they're seeing so the young players getting out there on the track, running over Christmas, looking super fit out in the suburbs. So I think we've got a really good, um, good set of kids with good heads on them. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more mature than we're giving them credit for. And you've got, you know, you've got a good, solid group of veteran players on the club, also that that will help to keep them hopefully on the uh, 
on the the even keel, if you will, and keep them focused on you know the prospective future prize rather than looking back at the one that got away from them. Um, you, know, you certainly can learn from it, but you know don't you know become so short sighted that that you don't think to yourself, you know what, we're a good enough club to get back there again this year. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 kind of a, we'll we'll have to wait and see, obviously. But as Chris I said, like yeah, Steve-O, uh, one of the contributors to the podcast, yeah, he ran through the past, I think it was like 100, 150 years worth of um, data. So obviously, a blending um, VFL and AFL there. But mm-hmm. yeah, there wasn't there wasn't too much to say that it was. Um, it's not a foregone conclusion that we're not going to get back into the grand final. I think it was like. I think he looked at a five-year period or something. There were only a handful of teams that hadn't made it back within five years. Um, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, Chris O touched on some of it, but the point is, like, we've we're a bit like the Cats, where we're like the Hawks. Um, you know, we've we've been in a fair few grand finals. Um, you know, this the past 10, 10 or so years, or pretty much since um, John Longmire Horse has been at the helm, carrying over from Ruzi, even from Ruzi, you could go from. Um, so, you know, I think for for a club that's um, you know worked hard to get to a position to be one of the the clubs of the competition that is, you know, um, regularly pushing hard, um, you know, for some, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing position to be in as a, as a fan to sort of half expect that you're going to at least make finals. And, and we had a, like a blessed run for yeah, a good decade there where we did that. And I think we dropped out in 2018, was it Chris? 2018 yeah. um, was kind of our rebuild on the run. Um, there were, sorry, there were two years I think we missed out on finals and then we're back in it again. And then all of a sudden we're in the grand final. So that we won so punishingly, that's the thing yeah, that I, I worry about. As Chris has said, there's the, the young guys. But Craig, as you've mentioned, we've got a, a backbone of, of elder statesmen that mm-hmm. are, you know, they're sort of the, the drivers of standards and, you know, the leaders of the club. Um, and they're still there. You know, Kennedy's uh, retired at the end of last year, but, you know, you've got the the pillars, right? You've got you've got Rampy up back. You've got Buddy up front. Um, you know, you've got Parks, Parker in the middle. You know, Lloydie's there. Cunningham as well as a good clubman. Yeah. Um, Isaac you know, Heat. Yeah, yeah Heat as well. Yeah. yeah, I'd put him in the in the in the middle rung. So him and and Millsy and and Papley, um, they're kind of our um, next next wave oh, of and, leaders. Yeah. But yeah, and you and you and you can't uh, and hopefully people won't take this the wrong way because I mean it with all due respect, but you know, you've also got, you know, Ruck, Ruckman Jesus, you know, playing for you as well there. So that's, that's right. Yeah. That, yeah. It's good that you brought that up, Craig. I think that's a really big point for our season. I think we've sped it a lot further up in our predictions than we would have considered mm-hmm. because of Rock Jesus. We didn't have an option in that Ruck. Right. Um, yeah. And he came out of nowhere when we brought him in. Like Noddy pays a lot of attention to Ruckman. Um, mm-hmm. Even had a bit of an inside chat with old Dean Cox before the season started, asking <laughs> a few pointed questions as well. Um, <laughs> and there was and yeah, I, there I saw him the other day, and I forgot to ask oh, yeah. him my regular Ruck question. Yeah, I was like, God damn, <laughs> well, so, ask Coxies. Yeah. Yeah, because if, if, I, yeah, if I remember, he, he, he propelled that that midfield to uh, to a lot more. Yeah, if I remember, in, in 2021, you guys. Your 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 talls for the most part were were decimated, and you you know you didn't you didn't have a whole lot of size at all that were that was playing ruck for you. You you know you had, it's almost like you you had somebody just looking up at the at the at the other opposing ruckman, just like okay, the ball's been bounced. I'm just going to stick my finger in your belly button because there's <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get up there and get it. Yeah, yeah. Ali, Ali, Ali was having a crack at it, wasn't he? Yeah. He, he wasn't yeah. going up. He was just yeah. to the ground because he, he had more. Uh, he was actually somewhat really successful doing that, but. Yeah, we were. We had nothing. 
um, we were very, very, very low there. And yeah, so that's that's one point I think um, that yeah, tall Jesus really came through. So, <laughs> so Nadi, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Josh Kennedy. I think that was you that mentioned it. But uh, yeah, how do you how do you replace a legend like him on your side? Because there's so much that he brought to the club. You know, whether it be on the ground, and I'm sure you know, behind the scenes as well, that, that, that a lot of people don't get to see. How do you, how do you replace somebody like that? Um, it's a good question, Matt. I, I don't think you, you do immediately. I mean, I think that um, what the Swans are good at is instilling, um, you know, culture. And ever, everyone talks about the Bloods culture. And, and, you know, so when Kennedy came in, no doubt, he would have had, um, you know, the, the elder guys um, at that point um, passing on, you know, the the values and everything. Mm-hmm. So I just know that he he would have been doing the same thing. So you know, so long as those values keep being passed down to the the younger guys as they come into the club, then his um you know his his influence will will be there. But in terms of his playability, you know, at the peak of his game, he was just an incredible you know inside inside mid ball ball. You know, what what are the stats he he broke? Um, Chris, or is it like contested, uh, contested possessions? possessions? Yeah, and Versus. one other thing, but yeah, yeah, but just yeah, like so. Obviously, you know, towards the end of his career, you know, he had a few little niggling um, injuries, as um, everyone seems to get hit by. But you know, he he's sort of that player that I think a lot of Swans fans um, have been wondering. Yeah, who? How are we going to replace him? Like a tall inside mid, and obviously, Cal Mills is playing more in the middle this year. Um, they're not exactly like for like, but um, you got the likes of uh, Robottom coming through. Um, you obviously Chad Warner's just like completely blown the competition apart. Uh, again, different types of player to Josh Kennedy, but you can see that there's some influence there. And you know, between you know Joey and and Parker, um, you know, passing on to the younger guys, you know, Heaney coming through as well, Papley coming through. Um, we're in a good position, so. Yeah, very sad to to see him retire, but yeah, wonderfully proud of his efforts and 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 grateful for his service. One thing that he does had that he had as a natural ability that maybe we don't quite have in that mold is just that big ball, big body yeah. ball that you can't yeah. get arms around him, and that's something of a physical nature we need to mm-hmm. find. Maybe find mm-hmm. a space for or make a body accurate get one of the two. Yeah, because yeah. I because I was just looking. He I think he said that he was he said the oh. average. Uh, the almost six and a half to, you know clearances a game, which is you know mm-hmm. pretty Huge. significant. You know that's that's a pretty big amount. So, yeah, I, I guess we have to also talk about the the other elephant in the room. And this is not this is this is probably a name that you've talked about, but you 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 want to not talk about it, and you you don't want to mm-hmm. deny it, and you just want to look at the calendar and you know staple every single corner of the calendar up to the wall so you can't flip the page over to the next month and have it start to go by, but. Is this you know, bad pun? Is this Buddy's swan song? Yeah, I think it will. I think it, you'll have to say it's, you know, I think he's extended one year. So, um, I mean, look, you never know, right? If they play him every other week, uh, it might be enough to stretch him over two seasons, but he'll be 39 by that point, I think. He's 36, he's, 37. Yeah, he's 30. He'll be 36, I think. Uh, what did it say? 30. He'll be 36 in three days. Damn, my birthday yeah. card. My birthday card will not make it in time. Uh, thirty-six this year. 30, thirty-seven. Okay, thirty-seven next year. I mean, that's 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 a that's pretty old to be playing AFL footy. I think. Um, but it, it depends how he goes. Depends on his yeah regime yeah. and and how the body holds up. I think. But yeah, I think probably this year, Chris. Oh, you reckon? Yeah, I think so. 
one of my KPIs for this year for the Swannies is going to be how we go without him. So how mm. much, in order to keep him around for a bit longer, or at least keep him for the matchups that make the most amount of sense, we need to rest him when we can. And when we rest him, we need to be confident enough that we've got a good opportunity to score some still, right? So the the community series and the preseason is going to be particularly interesting to see how many hours does Buddy play, if any. If not, mm-hmm. maybe just the last game or just a couple running for a couple quarters. And just trying to see how those boys at the front can go. So you're looking at maybe Constanti comes in early. Of course, Logan we're looking towards to have a crack at us. Sheldrick, can he, does he want to stay up forward? Is he going mid? Do we throw some of our big boys like McLean up forward again and see how that rolls for us? So there's a lot of questions about that forward line that don't include Buddy, but I think, Craig, you're nailing it. It's the elephant well, in the room. I, you know, I wonder... And I just I just jotted this down because I was just thinking about this. They you know they changed the sub rule for this year, to where you can oh, basically God, su- where you can sub. You, well, it's basically instead of you know having to replace you know an injured player, it's just you. It's basically where you can just bring on a, 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 the twenty third player whenever you want to in the game to replace somebody. So yeah, is good. this is this something where maybe the club starts to think, okay, you know what we if you know we're going to go ahead and you know Buddy's going to start and play the first half for us, but if we get if we get out to a significant lead against the club, you know, we can win with a, you know, four or five goal lead at halftime. Do we maybe play him through, you know, half of the third quarter and then sub him out and bring, you know, bring somebody else in to come in and fill that spot for that last quarter and a half of the game. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's certainly a possibility for sure. Like, um, yeah, uh, as Chris, I said, we've got um, young Logan McDonald, who's really sort of, um, I guess probably chomping at the bit to to get out of his of Buddy's shadow, and and he's played well when uh, he's been the key forward, the key target. Um, I think when Buddy was injured um, mm-hmm. halfway through the season, they had a, a really good game, three goal game or so. But um, you you want to be seeing more regular minutes with him. I know. Uh, I think I was reading Sammy Reid still struggling from uh, that grand final or you know um, prelim injury. The I think the not quad but adductor or whatever it is, but. Um, so it's not as if, um, you know, we've got, you know, Reed there as well, like with any great confidence. So then you're looking at the likes of um, Hayden McLean and, and Joel Amati, whether they can step up. So, yeah, maybe they're the, the regular rolling 23rd um, to replace Buddy um, under, that, under that new rule you meant, you, yeah. you note. But, um, it, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting, I think. You know, we've obviously, we had a few, we had uh, Aaron Francis come in from the Bombers who is a swingman, but predominantly I think will play his best footy down back. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you do we do we roll Paddy McDonald forward? You know, uh, he was a uh, prior McCartan. number. Yeah. Sorry, Paddy McCartan. Um, what, who, who did I say? Paddy. You said Paddy McDonald. Paddy McDonald, not even a player. Um, <laughs> I, had a couple of, I had a couple of pints of rushes last night, so I'm a bit dusty to be honest. But, um, um, yeah, no, so his previous number one draft pick, obviously key forward, um, had his um, massive problems with concussions, as we know, um, and has been reinvigorated as a backman. But do we uh, roll the dice and swing him forward if, um, if, we're, if we're short on, on, on key tools no. in the forward line? For, for, for the record, Nadi, I do want to back you up here. You may, be, you may have been a little late on him. But Paddy McDonald did, in fact, play for Essendon in the VFL. Unfortunately, he was born in 1897 and died in 1965. But he did play in the VFL. There you go. <laughs> I'll 
ultimate sleeper. I just, I mean, years. now he, he played a total of nine games and kicked three goals in 1918, 1919. So, um, yeah. So, well, I think Patty McCart- got in there at least, I think. Yeah. And he was, and he was from Albury. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, because when, when you mentioned when you mentioned that name, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, there had to have been a Patty McDonald that played at some time or another. So I just typed it in real quick, and it's like, it's the, mo- it's the most uh, first fleet name <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Patty, Patty McDonald, yeah. I I just took obviously took his first name and yeah. smushed it up with uh, yeah. Logan. No, that's but, okay. Um, that's okay. Now, can you can you, Chris? Can you clarify something for me? First fleet. I think I yes. know where you're going with that, but can you explain that to me? Because I'm. Does that have to do with like the the first time that that folks um, came over from England? Yeah, exactly. That's a reference okay. to um, the, okay. the first uh, one of the first boats that came over from England. So all okay. the names would have been very UK, Scottish, Irish. Okay. Got. I, I thought that's where you're going. I just was. I just was wanting to get. I was not positive on that. So okay. okay. So yeah, that's. Uh, so you know, you've got, you've got a a, a lot of. Yeah, you know, you've got more talent than a lot of clubs in the comp. So yeah, there's, there's nothing that says that this club cannot play in the grand final again this next year. There's nothing that says they can't win the grand final this year. Uh, now there's other clubs that might disagree with that, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I tipped the cats to finish sixth last year. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody who said, Oh, oh they're number one. I mean, it's, I, I'm not, I was shocked that they got as far as they did. I was you know, thrilled, but I was shocked that they got there because I, I bought into the, the too old part. I mean, I thought, okay, they are getting a little long in the tooth and they basically said, you know what, we're going to show you you're wrong. And I'm glad they proved me wrong, but this is a, this is a club that has an awful lot of talent. And as, as you said, they have the, the structure, you know, in the, in, you know, the, the blood culture, if you will, that, that can take them right back there again. But, you know, who are you most excited about seeing this year? Who are you, who, who are you guys most really excited seeing about there? Um, I think uh, I'm going to steal this one, Noddy. Gould. Will Gould <laughs> has been on the pipeline for some time, frustrating the living daylights out of every podcaster and Swans fan in the world. <laughs> we are desperate to see him on the ground. He's got the size. He's mm-hmm. got the abilities. He seems like he's got all the tools in place. I think a lot of Swans fans are a little bit confused as to why he hasn't hit hit the, uh, the back line yet and it could be because of structure it could, could be because they just he was doing something that they needed him to do um, but I would love to see him roll in there give Rampy some time off of those old legs of his um, a new look back line with Paddy maybe going up forward as well so that's for me the biggest a big key to our future we, we've got problems in the front line I think uh, we solidify that back line it, it helps us all out okay yeah, there's sort of it's sort of there's sort of um, mini storylines everywhere, right? So Juzzy, um, Justin McInerney, um, he's sort of a what probably a third, fourth, third, fourth, fifth year player now um, in that range, and he sort of had a breakout a couple of years ago, um, signed an extension last year, and then sort of went quiet for the second half of the year. So we're hoping like you know the likes of he he can bounce back. You know, Ollie Florent can continue doing the good things he's doing off the back line. Um, you know, Dylan Stevens. Um, our, our highest draft pick since Jared McVeigh, um, you know, at pick five, he's taken a couple of years to develop, you know, he's COVID affected um, or his development was COVID affected rather. And you could probably put Gould in there, although it hasn't seemed to um, affect Chad Warner, but um, 
yeah, look, I think he he's he's doing some mad numbers on the preseason track. He's he's ripping it up. He's winning all the two K trials. He's he's putting on more weight. So I think he, he's one I, I'm really looking forward to the continued development of. Um, Gussie Sheldrick, I want to I want to see how he goes because he showed some real signs when he um you know uh, when we I think we surprised everyone again. We took him at 18. I don't know if many other clubs were thinking of or had him on their radar, but yeah, we tend to. Um, usually pick a left field one there that comes good, um, at least <laughs> one from every draft crop. So, yeah, looking forward to him. Um, just some of the younger guys coming through. And then, of course, what we're already touching on, how how the forward line is going to kick goals. You know, we're going to spread it through some of these talls. Um, Logan McDonald is the as the junior tall, tall forward coming through. And, yeah, and um, Chris, I think you mentioned Constanti, Constanti um, and how he functions in the forward line if he gets a crack um, with the likes of Papley and, and Goulden. Um, and, and whether Sam Wicks can crack back into the team or not with some forward pressure. Um, so there's there's a lot of excitement. Um, again, it is a predominantly um, youthful team coming through, um, really good young core coming through in that sort of, you know, 22 to 25 age bracket. Um, but, yeah, certainly, um, you know, all Australian for the first time, Milsey and uh, Heaney, weren't they? Or was it perhaps? Yeah, Heaney. Yeah, um, so they're, so yep. they're they're around 25, 26. So that's that middle that middle age bracket that um, is taking on more responsibility. So yeah, I, look, I, I I don't know. I guess everyone. I pretty much mentioned everyone in the whole team. So yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of young players to be excited about. I think it's fair to just kind of talk and pull through. Well, yeah, always one for me that I really want to see get more time on the ground. I, I love everything go, the way it goes. Oh around. yeah, Campbell. Yeah. Mad, mad. Uh, options and presence there uh, from really early on and even to the point where I was we had an interview with uh, Ty Canelli and we actually asked him I'm like Campbell and Gordon both incredible kids between those two who's to start and he mentioned that Campbell will be will do the odd flashy thing here and there and that'd be great but Gordon will be the star player for forever and that's basically how we summed it up so okay yeah, but to put those two even remotely, considering how well we've seen Gordon go last year, um, mm. and to be able to put Campbell in a conversation remotely close to it, I think is pretty good. Um, and I know he's chomping at the bit for sure. We've we've got inside word that he's running up and down the tracks at Manly pretty hard every single day, looking very fit. So um, he's not put on any weight over Christmas. I think he's got his head knuckled down to get back on the side. So a lot of names, a lot of young kids all have a chance. It's going to be an interesting half season. Okay. Now let me. And then, I need. And then, sorry, just lastly, okay. the, the the rucks, right? Tall Jesus, whether oh, his body God, can yeah. hold out, <laughs> and then big big bad PD Laddams, whether or not he can, um, you know, stop doing his brain fades and actually, um, you know, become the player that we we know and hope that he he will become. So yeah. Okay. Now yeah, I sorry. I meant to ask you before, and I and I, I I should have done this when we were talking about earlier, but were were the two of you at? The game where Buddy kicked his one thousand. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, what? What? What did uh, the two of you do? Were you in a position where you ended up out on the ground? And I think the statute of limitations, in terms of you know the the club getting upset at you about that, is is, is long gone. You know, ne- neither yeah, one of you. Uh, video evidence. Yeah. Ne- neither one. Neither one of you lost your wallet and had uh, uh, you know uh, you know Zach Tui find it for you, did they? No, that wasn't us. Um, okay, wasn't okay. Us. So, so you're out of the. What's your reaction to that? I mean, yeah, because that is an I, I, that is an iconic 
moment that you know you know for for the AFL, but I think for sport in general. Because I mean, I I showed that the imagery to my students. I because you know especially like the like the overhead view where just the stands just you know enveloped him as you know as as the kick was going through. I mean, it's just an image that I just said, you know, guys, this is one of the reasons why I love this game is because of this sort of thing. Even though it was happening with the cats on the other side just getting their butts kicked that game. You know, I just said <laughs> I I appreciate you know I appreciate this tremendously here. And and some of the kids, especially the kids who are involved in athletics and such, really appreciate it as well. But what's going through your minds there in that situation? Uh, Noddy, take it away. I'll, I'll go through my thing, but yeah, take it. Okay, yeah. No, so we we sit together at the during the home games, and um, yeah, Chris was closer to the ground, so yeah, he'll he'll pick that up. I was I had my um my aforementioned um, young son with me and my my partner, mm-hmm. um, and so we were holding back um, before the you know, the wave went on first. So once everyone was on, um, we then went down onto the field. It was sort of a nice little um, a hark back to my own family and my siblings when and when we went to the footy with my parents because we were there for when Tony Plugger Lockett broke the all-time record mm-hmm. at the SCG back in uh 98 um so that was that was awesome because we ran onto the field it was something we always remembered and so to be able to do that with my young family as well was um really special so yeah it was just a just an awesome night just a really fun awesome memorable night didn't one of your sisters get trampled or something that day? Like that was, yeah, yeah, that was for pluggers. Yeah, that was, yeah, Rhea, <laughs> Rhea got trampled. She was lucky, yeah, lucky to make it out alive. But yeah, I think that, right um, she's all good now, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that it was good. There were You didn't hear of any injuries on, on Buddy's night, so mm-hmm. it was good. So there's a lot of people on the ground and could have really been uh, dicey, but it ended up all good and just nothing but positive memories. I think a testament to the game as well, Craig, I think what you're suggesting there by showing some of your kids, um, mm-hmm. like everyone jumping on the ground, the testament to the game was there was a lot of people on that ground. The energy throughout that entire game was palpable mm-hmm. and mm. it got more and more and more intense as his buddy kicked another one, kicked another one. And every time he kicked one, he seemed more lively. He seemed another five years younger every time he kicked a goal. Right, right. And it got to a point where you, he was not stoppable. Um, and we, you all sensed it. Everyone went down to – everyone who could went down to um, as close as they could to the ground to jump on as fast as they could. I've got a good video of myself watching it from right behind him um, and then the mayhem that ensued straight after. <laughs> I lost my hat, my ferret hat. I lost a shoe. Um, oh, did you? I managed to get my shoe back. <laughs> I lost my hat for good, though, so it was my lucky hat. Um but yeah, ran onto the field and it was like, it was absolute chaos, but it was controlled chaos and everyone was in a great mood. Mums, um, dads, grandmothers, kids, everyone was out there. It was really, 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 really nice moment. It seemed chaotic when you look at the pictures, but mm-hmm. from within there, it was very calm, supportive. Everyone was cheering. Uh, you had Cats fans, Hawks fans, just random fans like Port Adelaide fans in the crowd. Everyone was on the ground. Um, it was really fun. It was a special, special day. That's awesome. That's awesome. And Nadi, you mentioned, uh, you know, Plugger Lockett there. And I just, yeah, I figured we should go ahead and, and plug it. But uh, he and his wife d- do have their home up for sale in uh, Kingscliff. I did see that pop up on the news. So if you got an extra <laughs> $3.6 million laying around, his house is for sale if, you, if you're interested in picking that up. Uh, looks, like a, looks like a nice place. Uh, actually, it looks beautiful. Right on the water. Yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, just that happened to pop up and what for some reason in one of my threads today that his house was for sale and you mentioned it. So I, I better bring that up while we're here. So um Kingscliff, that's Ivan Manley, way, isn't it? Or is it? No, that's Queenscliff. Where's well, Kingscliff? It said oh, it's Byron. it's in far 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 north NSW. So yeah, I'm okay. not sure. Yeah, I'm not... Next to Tweetheads. Okay. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Nice, Looks, nice, nice blue water out there. But yeah, oh, yeah. That now that's not quite the spot where they have both the sharks and the crocs, is it? Probably. Uh, that's, yeah. Pro- yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't put it past <laughs> us. Uh, no, I think it, that, that, that's further up. That's further Queens. That's further north. I think. Okay. But, um, yeah. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> proceed with just, caution. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. So you know, looking at the uh, the fixture for this year for you guys, you know, you you've got a an interesting start to the year you know you start out with gold coast you know and then mm. you got you know hawthorne melbourne port and then richmond and then the grand well the six game, grand final rematch in in round six but you know you've got you know gold coast i think is going to be an improved side i think they're yeah. you're, i think they're going to be buoying with confidence as well you know no anderson just signed on for another what five years so mm. um you know this is a club that i, th- I think is is ascending uh mm. but uh yeah, there's a lot. There's some challenging games there in that first five that are gonna, you know, that are gonna test you guys. Um, and of course, I think also, you know, you could argue that that maybe there are 14 clubs that could make an argument to play finals this year. I think yeah. that was the way last year as well, and it really showed itself to be that it was a mm-hmm. really tight, wonderful competition last year, and it's only going to do the same thing this year. I think the teams that are in that middle middle eight um, from like yeah, they're they're all buying to have a good crack of it again. And no one's really gotten horrendously worse. Maybe mm-hmm. sons have lost ranking, but you know, what that means, we'll find out. But all in all, we've got another tight competition ahead of us. And, and they're the dangerous games for the Swans. The, the games where we arguably should win, we've got a good matchup. They're the ones that we drop off. Um, mm. it would, it would, it, unfortunately, we could be looking at a zero and four start to the game, to the season. And while well, they get their heads together, unfortunately, but... Um, yeah, you never know. It's a great, it's a great season the last few years, and it's only getting better. It's that time well, yeah. Yeah, look, I, I think the Suns are actually our bogey team, and um, that's when we play them at home. So I don't know if I think we fare just as poorly against them at their ha- at Metricon, but yeah, it's a tough way to start, to be honest. And um, for those reasons you mentioned, Craig, I agree they're on the up. But um, yeah, look, I, I think one of the things that set us up so brilliantly in 2022 was the start to the season. I think we will. Five and zero or something went Crusoe before our first loss. It was something like that. We'd won the yeah. first month and a half, and and so if you you bank these wins early on, that can really set you up. So if you do have a a, a lull, you've already got those Ws behind you. But yeah, if we start off zero and four, zero and five, then it's just an uphill battle. I think we'd lost the first five games in what year was that? 2018, 17, 18 or something. We still made the finals. Yeah, eighteen, I think. Yeah, but it's it just it doesn't make anything. It just puts you in a really tricky position. So it's really important. Um, look, the Hawks are going to be interesting. They've all, there's always been an intense rivalry between us, um, especially, you know, the Buddy. Joey Kennedy's his family history and then Buddy coming across. Right, um, right. And obviously Tom, Tom Mitchell the other way. And and now with Sam Mitchell at the helm and he's sort of, sort of, you know, flushed out the players he doesn't want there and he's got a young crew coming through. And I think they're going to be dangerous. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Hawks um, played this year. D's, you know, always dangerous. They've got a lot of guns, so they're going to be hard. And, I, and I, I'm still really interested in seeing 
how they make Gone and Grundy work together. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, uh, going forward and yeah. Well, I think yeah, Gone's probably going to be a be a forward. He's probably got slightly better forward craft than Grundy. Yeah, I just but, um, I, and I actually when I talked to somebody about the detail, the attention to detail podcast folks, I when I talked to them last week, I I asked if they could confirm for me because again, I've never been to a game in person. I needed confirmation that there's only one Max gone on the ground because yeah. it seems every time I watch a Melbourne game, there's like three of them out there yeah. because he's everywhere. He's, he's, <laughs> he's light. He's a, he's a big boy, but he's, he gets around. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's maybe his method is the new school of Ruckman where just getting yourself to a dangerous area, kind of what mm-hmm. Reedy was able to do when he was on that hot run as well. And what Tommy, uh, Tom Hickey was able to do as well for, for us. Mm. Yeah, Gorn sets the standard for that. Just getting around everywhere. Super yeah. special. Yeah, two-way running is phenomenal for a tall tall bloke. Like, he's gigantic, 209 or 210 centimetres or something. So, um, yeah, like, he can slot back and take a mark in defence and then go forward and kick it, you know, around his body. It's it's pretty unbelievable what he can do. So, yeah, and to think they're getting Grundy, who's, like, really been the other premier ruckman apart yeah. from Nick Nat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's sort of sport for riches. But um, so, yeah, that's why they're going to be tough, plus all those other guns they've got. Port's going to be interesting. And then Tigers for gather round. I think that takes us to round five. So, yep. yeah. And then, of course, the Cats, the grand final replay. Um, yeah. Surprised yeah, we're not playing the Cats sooner. I thought that the grand final replay was more of a round one sort of fixture. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I would have thought so also. I mean, it would it, it makes sense because haven't they done that in the past? Did, did, did they yeah, do that last year with the Ds? Yeah, they did it last year. Yeah, the year before, they they'd been doing the Tigers and the and the Blues. Right. But right. last year they they did um, yeah Demons and Ds. I think yeah. they wanted to um, uh, give the Melbourne or the MCC fans a, a game round, you know, first game because they were waited right. so long, fifty right, six right. years or whatever it was. Yeah, and then, and then they, they didn't had get to have it at home. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So so and you so got- maybe that was part of it. You know your your clubs that you're doubling up with this year because you, you know that you got an extra one now since they've added an extra game. You know you've got mm-hmm. you know you got the cats, the tigers, the suns, the d's, the giants, of course, and uh, the dockers. I mean, so that's the comp. You know, I, I think it again. You know, because they they, if I'm not mistaken, they in terms of the double up games, they kind of structure that based upon kind of where you finished the previous year. So you you're going to get some mm-hmm. you know maybe some tougher clubs. I mean, it's a you know, you've got, of course, you know, the Crosstown Giants and, uh, you know, as, as you said, you know, Gold Coast concerns you. I mean, that's not that's mm-hmm. not an easy group of, of 12 games right there. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, anyway. no, I think we've definitely got a harder schedule this year than last year. Yeah. Yeah, we had we actually had a bit of an easier schedule last year, in all fairness. Um, as the Cats did, I think. So the Cats, yeah. Um, but just, yeah, this, this next year would be special. I mean, they're all good teams there. I think in particular, by the time we get to round six, that's a quarter into the season where we play mm-hmm. the Cats again. That would be a true representation. Oh, sorry. It'd be really interesting to see what that meant for both mm-hmm. teams. They're both zero and six, six and zero, zero and six, three and three. What mm-hmm. does it all look like? Right, right. The Giants, the Giants are jerks. They seem to do us every now and then. As I said, GWS, they're a bit of a, bit of a bogey side, maybe the... The coaching has managed to do something to us, and the Hawks, of course, have managed to do a fair few upsets over us as well over time. So, yeah, it's um, not much you can do other than just, just get ready for just it. Pl- just get play, the heart, you know, heart take going. one game at a time, exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
if I was to ask, you know, each of you, what what bold prediction do you have about the club for this year? What is what is the thing that you're you're ready to just, you know, pound the table? This is going to happen. Most other people aren't going to think this is going to happen, but this is going to happen. All right. Noddy, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Uh, I'll need a couple more seconds, I think. Okay. I'm going to go with this one. Swans, Cats, Prelim. Swans win convincingly. That's okay. my whole prediction. Okay. I think I think the Cats are going to do well again. I think they've got some decent players. They rested a lot of their players last year. They primed them up in the right time for the season. That did really well. Mm-hmm. Don't know how successful that's going to be for a second year necessarily, but... They, they can do it, but I think we've got a decent chance top four, top six. Then we get to that prelim, and then those young kids are just going to just go rampant knowing how it felt that year before and just start. start that's, good, that's, a, that's a great point. Yeah, they don't want to feel that way again. That ma- makes complete sense. Makes complete sense, yeah. Uh, I've got one, but it's a little bit of a, a cheat, cheat one because I'm going to use two guys. So Chad, okay. Warner, Chad Warner and or Callum Mills wins the Brownlow. Ooh, I like it. I love it. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. Love it. So, I just I, Chad could be a little, maybe one or two years too young, but Millsy, I think, is primed. Like, I think he, yeah, he went pretty high this year, finished ninth, and I think if he just he had a little bit of a drop off. I think if he maintains that level that he can, so you know, pending injuries and everything, I think he'll really push the top five this year for for Brownlow. Yeah. I- I talked to a couple guys about Brisbane earlier tonight, and I asked them if if Brisbane supporters were going to be making uh, unofficial Lockie Neal has won his second Brownlow um, shirts for this year, you know, with like Patrick Cripps's picture on there uh, or, with the, or with the names of the guys on the tribunal or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. Like he, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit ridiculous that one, but anyway, yeah, I guess that's so. uh, they had to give Carlton some <laughs> some favor, didn't they? Yeah, the Carl- yeah, Carlton dropped all their other opportunities, they might as well give them some for free, right? <laughs> they, they they couldn't buy a win apart from they, the Brownlow. They couldn't give themselves <laughs> one, everyone tried to give them a win, they just would not take it. I don't understand yeah. Oh my god, it's, yeah, it's uh, so. The season has come to an end for the Swans after whatever round game that happens to be, you know, round 23 not going to be happening that way you know through the, the finals wherever wherever the season ends what does the sydney papers headline say about the swans the monday after their last game of the season the young champs yeah the young yes yeah, young bloods yeah. Young bloods. Yep. Okay. um yeah or something to do with buddy if it is his uh his final this one song. Yeah. Okay. This one song, as you've already said. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what club do you see possibly jumping into the eight that was not there? And who do you see possibly sliding out of the eight that was there last year? Um, I'm really bad at this. So I'm going to go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say G- uh, sorry, Gold Coast Suns. I think okay. they can finally make the top eight. I think they got players that believe in it. Um, so I think that's something they can do there. Um, I think team that's going to roll off, I'm a little less excited about Hawthorne and the Hawks. Um, I know that Sam, there's no doubt Sam Mitchell is an incredible uh, player and 
has the ability to be a very good coach. Mm-hmm. I think there's some maturity with him that's maybe missing that he's still seems to be shaking up his club a bit too much. Um, like he used to shake up the ground and piss off everyone around him. <laughs> um, so he's, I, I, I think that they may drop off. Not far, but I, I think they drop off in GWS. Oh my God. He's saying GWS. The Suns go up and the mm-hmm. Hawks go down. That's my prediction. Well, I, I don't know how much further the Hawks can go down though. I mean, you had the only backstop I think you had there was, uh, was West Coast and North Melbourne last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah everyone's that's... predicting them to get up, and I don't that's, see it. I yeah. see them just stagnant. I see them just anchor it down for another year for sure. Okay. So of the eight that made the finals last year, I, I think that uh, the Dogs or the Tigers are at most risk, and I think, yeah, the Blues would be – I mean, they, they, uh, how many more gun players can they receive? How many more how, – how much can they push the salary cap? I, yeah. I don't know. It's just – yeah, the I, blues, the blues, or you know, everyone, or everyone always talks about this year's the bombers' year, but I'm not going to follow suit. I think the cat, I think the pies are going to get stronger. Yeah. Um, the cats will be there. The dockers are looking great. The D's will be there. The lions will be there. Yeah, I don't know how we're going to go. I'm, I'm, I am a bit nervous. Um, for the reason we, sp- the topic we spoke about earlier in the podcast, um, about whether we're going to have a hangover or not. But yeah, I would have to say, you know, um, as impartially as I can that either the Tigers or the Dogs slip out and the likes of the Blues or, as you've mentioned, the Suns might surprise everyone and slip in. Okay. So um, are you guys ready for a little bit of Swans trivia before we wrap up? Sure. Let's do it. See how we go. Okay. So um, first question I have for you, these four players, all all who played at least 24 games last year, Averaged over 22 disposals per game for the Swans. Yep. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yep. Yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, Parker, Millsy. Mills. um, Yeah, probably Lloyd. Probably Mm -hmm. Lloyd. And then, and then your next one would probably be Chad or maybe Chad. Yeah. It would Me be Chad too. Warner. Yes, it would. Yeah, okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. <clears throat> good, good. Okay, your next one. Which club have the Swans defeated more than any other club? In the his- since in, in, in the his- in the history, yes. Because this is this is a this is a large number. So throughout the history of the club, going back to its time at South Melbourne, which which club have they defeated the most times? I feel that this comes up every year. I'm gonna go with the blues. Mm. Um, I feel like it would be someone closer. Uh, but sorry, can can I can I just get a little bit of a hint here? Is the opposition a, a current team in the in the AFL, or yes, is it a, an it, it, okay. it, it, right. Well, they are a current team. Some 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 supporters of other clubs may may like to say that maybe they're not really a current club, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, okay. but they yes they they do they've got uniforms and everything yes they do yes. <laughs> <laughs> no I, sorry i guess my question was was it a an a vfl uh, no team, they, no okay. it's not a, it's they were they were in the vfl but they're yes and they're the, yeah in the AFL now yeah okay yes. well I, I think it's probably an old rivalry it's probably north but um but other than that i don't know I'm going to take a secondary. I'm going to go with St. Kilda. It is St. Kilda. Proximity. Ah, the other local. The other side. I think you mentioned proximity and they're not 
140 times. And, and who who have defeated the Swans the most times? Oh, uh, that, that, like that's, that's probably the Blues or the Pies Blues, or the yeah. Bombers. The Magpies. Like the Magpies. 140, oh, yes. Yep. 143 times. Yep. Yeah. Okay. This player who played 19 games last year had the lowest disposal efficiency for 2022. Uh, can we say that was probably let's go uh how many weeks play well, he didn't play that many did he no he didn't play that many disposal um, disposal efficiency so geez. and bell didn't have a crack really last year so he, this, this, yeah this guy played 19 games 19 games i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna go oh, with maybe him. maybe rowie um yeah yeah uh, that's but, it but, go but, with but, but rowie might have played more games than that actually kind of think of it um because Rowie's uh, disposal is deficiency isn't awesome. Not not the greatest. He's too inside. Okay, let's. Uh, the other one I'm going to maybe go for is going to maybe, be maybe Juzzy, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with Dill Stevens. It's Tom Papley. Hello. Tom Papley, fifty-eight point six percent. No, that's not bad. That's yep. not too bad. <laughs> for small forward slash insider. Yep. Now this. I love that this statistic, uh, and I'm, I'm learning more about this one. I, I just I love this stat, and I think it every every sport should have a stat like this. So, this player who played all 25 games this past year had the highest average of one percenters for the club in 2022. Uh, Tom McCann. It is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good deal. Good deal. So, after Buddy and Isaac Heaney. Who were the number three and four goal kickers for the Swans last year? Haywood and Papley. Haywood Papley, that's right. Yep. 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 Guys, you guys are crushing this. This might be the best job that anybody's done so far <laughs> on, all the, on all the shows. Yeah. So, okay, we'll see. We'll see if we can trip you up. Our, our potty is, is very numbers based as well. That's, I think, that's okay. part of it. Okay. And this 24 gamer averaged it led the club averaging 503 meters gained per game last year uh jill stevens oh no 23 wait, wait. Uh, he played 24 he played, 24, he played 24 in the season uh -huh. yes sir chad okay. warner. it is chad warner yep and the last the last game that i have or the last question i have for you and i i, I believe i looked this up and this is all with sydney these four players have played more than 300 games for the Swans. Uh, current players, okay. Like so... current or ever? No, like with, that have played with Sydney. They played. Oh, okay, so Goodsy, uh, Bolton, mm -hmm. uh, Mickey O, Mickey O. Oh, we're missing. We're missing. We're missing. And... Is, is, is that Michael O'Loughlin? Yeah, yeah, yeah Michael okay. O'Loughlin. Yeah, okay. And Jared McBay. That's right. Jared McBay. Yeah. There you go. Did I did I send you the wrong document? No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, that is that's impressive, guys. You guys, you guys absolutely crushed that. That Thank uh, you. that is uh, that is awesome because yeah, I think it's, the old... it's a bit embarrassing when when we're actually together and we start talking rubbish over a few beers. Um, <laughs> this this kind of conversation is basically what ends up happening. <laughs> well, that's yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I mean, I just I. Uh, I, I, I love being able to 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 talk with guys that are that that love the game and and have you know are are kind enough to share their love of the game with me because again I'm I'm this guy sitting in a closet you know 
15,000 kilometers away from you right now. It's like people are going, who the heck is this guy? But I, I, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your, your weekend to sit down and talk with me because I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to find as many other Americans to get interested in this game as I possibly can. And every, every arrow I can put in my quiver, you know, is, is one I want to use because I, 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 and I'm actually doing discussions right now with, with people who are um, involved, you know, whether, you know, I, people who are maybe living in Australia who are NFL fans, but are also footy fans on why American NFL fans would love Australian football if, if they were to discover it. So, I mean, I'm, I'm working, I'm trying to do a whole nother, so I'm doing a whole other series of episodes like that right now as well. So it's just, I mean, when I finish, you know, when we finish recording that, I'll, I'll think I'll have a dozen episodes that are recorded and ready to be edited. So I'm just, I'm, I'm in the weeds so bad that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the guy that does the lawn is not going to be able to find me. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're just doing just... the Lord's work, honestly. I think it, AFL is a great sport, man. It really, really is. It's like, oh, it is. It's like all the great parts about ice hockey and fo- American football slamming together <laughs> in, in another game on the other side of the world. Yeah. Um, if they could only drop the Australian football part of it, um, we might be able to expand a bit, but it is what it is for now. So um, what, what would you what would you pref- what would you say, what would you prefer to be called then? Or would you- oh God, I don't know. I, I'd be pretty bad at marketing, to be honest with you. Uh, well, what would you call you, it? You, uh, you couldn't be any worse. Well, you couldn't be any worse than than the marketing that they do here now, which is non-existent. You know, mm. Yeah, you know, there's, not, there's a fair few questions happening over there at our AFL uh, AFL headquarters about just the general running of the game. But we're, that's a podcast for another day. But yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that, but since Big Cox has come in as well um, and started doing what he does over there at the biggest club in the AFL mm-hmm. um, and getting some limelight on himself and just being an absolute genuine, genuinely nice guy is always willing to share his time. He seems mm-hmm. to be a big advocate um, for kind of pushing the game over your side. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been back over in the States. Uh, he was back over here this, this uh, fall or after the season was done to, uh, you know, I saw him at a couple of different places uh, oh, cool. popping up yeah. on social media. So, yeah. So where where can people find a bevy of bloods if they want to check you guys out? Where, and where can they find you on social media as well? Yeah, so we we have a few different methods of kind of doing our own little thing. We've got our weekly podcast that we do that review and preview the games. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us at a bevy of bloods. Um, you can also find us on Insta, um, Twitter, and Facebook where we put up regular little silly tidbits and, and funny little cameos or little thoughts of information or pre-game um, stuff that we decide to put together. So we've got plenty of content going out there that basically our madness just basically ensues itself into something that's that's somewhat viable for the public to see. So that's all we okay. do. So okay, that's fair enough. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere you can find some form of socials or something, look us up, a bevy of bloods, and you'll see Noddy or my face somewhere. Terrific. Terrific. Well, Chris, Noddy, Gentlemen, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your morning to sit down and chat with me. I wish your club all the best this year for 21 of the 23 rounds. Okay. You know, I, I have to be, I have to, I have to be honest, you know, I can't, you know, you know, I, you know, I hope everybody plays well, but I hope the game turns out. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, you know, in any self-respecting fan of, you know, supporter of any club would, would say that, Hey, I wish you a lot of luck, but you know, against my team, I, I hope, you know, I hope that the, the, the sticks are just waving all over the place for the guys and they can't, they can't, you know, they can't put it through that, you know, you know, everybody's channeling, channeling their inner Joe Danaher for just a couple of minutes. there. So you'll be better off kicking with this heel that guy sometimes. 
<laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it. Um, thanks so very much. And uh, have a great weekend and go the Swans. Thank you, Craig. And thanks so much for the opportunity, mate. Much appreciated. All the best. You both work for getting it out there. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank thanks, you. Craig. You it's bet. awesome, mate. Cheers. 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 You wanna... All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. This was a lot of fun. And uh, I think the Swans are going to see a lot of success this year. I I'm, I'm just expecting a banner year across the comp because I think there are so many very, very solid sides this year. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, that you can find everything about my podcast over at ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll go over there and sign up for the mailing list so that when new episodes come out, they're in your inbox about 45 seconds after they've been released. If you enjoy the show, you can leave a review for the podcast over there. There's a review button up there. You can leave one right on the website. You can also be taken right to Apple Podcasts and leave a review there as well. It really helps that algorithm, getting it out in front of more people. If you want to help keep the show afloat, uh, there's that buy me a coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner, and anything that comes in from that gets turned right back around and goes right back into the podcast to keep the lights on. You can also uh, check out my store page there if you're interested in any uh, podcast swag, uh, some great-looking shirts, stickers, that sort of thing. And also, if you've got an idea for a guest for a future podcast, maybe uh, it's you, or maybe it's somebody who you believe has you know a great story to tell about the game. Let me know. Drop me a note there. Send me a note at my email at yankinthefootygmail.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before we close out, I do want to ask you to look out for your friends, check up on them, make sure they're okay. If you need to talk to somebody, I have all those contact numbers in my show notes. I know a number of other podcasts are uh, involved with the uh, Beyond Blue uh, organization and that type of thing, but all those numbers are, are there. If you need to talk to somebody, please reach out and talk to them. I have the numbers for that type of an organization here in the United States as well there. So check up on your friends. Let them know you love them. Make sure they're okay. Let them know you're okay. And folks, I do appreciate the uh, the kind words, the generosity that, that you have shown uh, through those kind words. Now, if you happen to be over on Twitter and you're, you're not following the podcast, I'm getting really close to 2,000 followers and sure would love to get over that uh, plateau here very, very soon because I'm thinking about getting my blue check mark over there on Twitter. We'll see if that happens, though. But, uh, ladies and gents, if you're, this is your first time listening, I close out every episode the same way. If you've listened before, you've heard it before, but may your dribble kick never hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 233 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find everything about the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I'm on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Love to chat with you. Love to talk about your club. Love to hear your story. So don't hesitate to reach out. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.